Good morning, ladies. This is Pastor Sandra again, and today we are going to be exploring Proverbs 5. So get ready, get comfortable. Here we go. Proverbs 5, a warning against adultery. Heavenly Father, we come to you today with humbled hearts and hearts and minds that are open to your truth, open to a new revelatory word, a rhema word that is found within your scripture. Proverbs in its entirety, O God, filled with wisdom, filled with life lessons on every area of our life, O God. And as we look to adultery today, God, help us, Lord, not just to see it in its physical sense, but also seeing it through the eyes of a spiritual realm. Having us see, O God, that anything that we place before you, before reverence to you, before mentioning of your name, before time and attention to you, O God, could be considered an idol. We're not to have any other gods before you. And dear Lord, how quickly it is that we can slide into a place of adulterous behavior. How easy it is, O God. We are fallible and we are finite. Yet you love us and your mercies are new every day. And yet you love us and you understand us that your grace is sufficient for all the times that we fall short We thank you in advance, O God, that we start examining these scriptures today and maybe see something in them that convicts us to be more aligned with the priority of your love, more aligned with the priority of your word, more aligned with the priority, O God, of your truth. In Jesus' holy name we pray. And all the Proverbs girls said, Amen. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Turn your ear to my words of insight, that you may maintain discretion. Discretion. That's in verse 2. When I think about discretion, I immediately think about applied knowledge or wisdom. I immediately think about when I'm exercising discretion over something, I'm looking at things kind of obliquely based on what my paradigm has been on that subject, that person, place, or thing. Okay? I'm looking at things through the eyes of my experience. What have I learned about this subject? What have I learned about this experience that brings me to making a clear judgment about it. Hmm. 
Oftentimes I feel that, and this is from my own experience, yours may be different, that if I only lean onto my own understanding, if I lean only onto my own experiences, good or bad, they're still filtered through my own eyes. Where godly wisdom, godly expansion of one's mind comes through God's word. And his very spirit gives us an illumination of wisdom. Therefore, giving us discretion. So when we read that verse again, and I'll read all of it this time, verse 2. That you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge. So not only are we maintaining discretion because we're exercising discretion and testing everything, but we're also maintaining through the eyes of God our opinions or our thought processes. Lean not to your own understanding. Remember, we read that. in our lips may preserve knowledge, meaning that when we speak, we speak of knowledge. Things that we know, that we know that we know. Have you ever been around someone who simply just answers a question to simply answer the question? Or if you have a young person in your home that just simply wants to know it all and says, yes to everything or no to everything or tries to give an explanation on things that they don't understand. Have you ever been around someone like that? Well, you just know they're simply filling the air, that they really don't know the answer. But instead of admitting that they don't know the answer, they simply just fill it with words. This can be the same said probably of many of us, myself included. There have been times where I truly didn't know the answer. And instead of just saying, you know, I I don't know. Humbling myself before the person or the situation and saying, don't know. Need to call it an expert. (laughs) I'm not she. Instead, I either made up something or used only a partial of knowledge. That could get us, that could get us in some trouble. Verse 3, for the lips of an adulterous woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil, but in the end she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life, her paths wander aimlessly, but she does not know it. Wow. Now here in scripture they're talking about an adulterous woman exactly what it is you think an adulterous woman should be like or what we describe her as but could it could it also be anything that we place before god like i mentioned in the prayer something of an idol what if we were to replace the lips of the adulterous woman with an idol of some sort. It could be just about anything. And just to remind you, an idol, by definition, is an image or representation of a god, lower G, used 
as an object of worship. This could be an icon. This could be a likeness. This could be a statue. This could be a figure. This could be a figurine. An idol. It's something that we have as extreme devotion towards. Something that maybe we just blindly adore. That we turn our heads from all the warnings or consequences that it sometimes brings. We ignore red flags of it. I hope someone's catching us and where I'm going, where I'm going with it. Sometimes in modern day society, I sometimes see myself becoming enamored with home decor or enamored with um, a purse or enamored with whatever. And I become so enamored with it and even food at times that I don't stop to see that, hmm, maybe my love or adoration for it, I'm kind of idolizing it a bit. Maybe I'm thinking too much of it. Now, there's nothing wrong with liking nice things. There's nothing wrong with having home decor be a hobby of yours. It happens to be a hobby of mine. I love that kind of thing. But when it becomes obsessive and I start placing it before what is actually prioritized in God's presence, then maybe perhaps I'm falling victim victim of an adulterous woman, woman being used in quotations, that if I continue to follow it, it may just lead me to consequences that are not so beneficial. (laughs) That consequences that actually hurt. Now again, they're speaking of adulterous woman because as an adulterous woman... They share themselves with just about anyone. And their overflow ensnares. So just just let that settle in your spirit. Think about what I'm saying. When you go down beyond verse 7, it says, Now then, my sons, listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path far from her, meaning the adulterous woman. And remember, in previous chapters, we talked about he would give a command and then a benefit. A command and then a benefit. Well, here it changes just ever so slightly. He gives a command and then a consequence, which is different than a benefit. Verse 8, keep to a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. There's a command. Lest you lose your honor to others and your dignity to one who is cruel. Those are consequences. So if you go near the door, you'll lose your honor to others or your dignity to one who is cruel. Have you ever been placed in a position where you felt you were dishonored? Or a portion of your integrity may have been mocked or ridiculed. That your integrity as an individual was questioned. 
I'll let you in on a little secret. You ever want to fire me up? Question my integrity. Question that I'm doing something out of my own or that I'm doing something for ill-gotten gain or I'm doing something for notoriety or I'm doing something out of my own personal gain instead of doing it for the intention and reasons that I put forth. Yeah, there's a little secret about me. Because I've had my integrity mocked. I've had my integrity questioned and it didn't feel good. I found myself in a position of defending who I was, not just what I did, but I was defending a character assassination, a place in which I was not being honored for my word. I was not being honored for who I was. I was not being honored. Now, I'm not saying that in an arrogant space. I'm not saying that in a space to inflate myself. I think those of you who know me and know me well or have followed this ministry understand that that's not my DNA at all. It's truly not. But when someone comes up against you or something comes up against you and questions who you are, helping you lose your honor, in front of people. Honor that, wow, made a difference. It changes you. Verse 10, strangers feast on your wealth and toil enrich the house of another. Strangers feast on your wealth. That too was a situation that went hand in hand with that. But grace was taken advantage of. That out of my sacrifice, they gained something. It wasn't a matter of wanting to get recognition for serving. That's not where I'm going with that. I'm saying that as I turned my thoughts and actions towards this idol. And as I turned my thoughts and actions towards an adulterous type of behavior, I fell consequence, the consequence, I fell into a dishonor and a loss of dignity. And they weren't kind about it. They were cruel. I thought that was interesting as I was reading through those scriptures to see that, wow, an adulterous woman can put you through that. Also, any type of adulterous relationship. When we look ahead and we look at verse 15, It says, drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. Should your springs overflow into the streets, your streams of water into the public squares, let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. May your fountain be blessed. This is also referenced in the Song of Solomon. 
when we when we look at drinking water from your own cistern being faithful to what is yours being faithful to what is you've been given being faithful to what God has blessed you with albeit a spouse being faithful a man or woman that does not honor God will not honor their spouse do you believe that I do I've lived it on both sides and I praise God for his restoration and forgiveness there was only through repentance if I came to understand the severity of not honoring God and allowing myself not to take care of my own cistern wanting to water someplace else I didn't honor God how often do you think that we fall into that category in not taking care of those things that were given to us or that we've been blessed with whether it be a relationship or something else to whom much is given much is required and if you're faithful with little what does God do in exchange he allows you to be faithful with much yes however if we're not careful with that cistern and we allow it to spring or to flow into something that is not of ours what are we doing we're not honoring it we're not protecting it we're not protecting it i know this is resonating with someone Verse 17 says, let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. That being a spouse, that being a precious relationship, that being something that God has gifted you that you honor. As we go forward into scripture, we look at verse 21. For your ways are in full view of the Lord and he examines all of your paths. This is a warning. It's not just a statement, it's not just a comment. It's a warning that our ways are in full view of God and he examines all of our paths. So if it's something that has kept us in a state of lacking discipline, if it's something that has kept us in a state of being led astray if it's something that has been that's kept us from lacking discretion participating in an adulterous relationship of something that we've put before God he warns us that he we will lose honor that we will lose dignity that we would and could very well lose wealth and we will toil in agony over it when we are seen in god's eyes through the light of christ he sees us in all of our brokenness in all of our mess in all of our sin 
And as if we, and as we, repent of those things and accept the sacrificial blood of Christ Jesus over us. He pays no attention to those things of former self. He pays no attention to those things. Let's ensure that we are walking out our salvation in a place of purity and we're walking out our salvation from a place of wholeness as best as we can and for those things that we unfortunately put before God that could be considered adulterous behavior could be considered an idol we repent as we place those things before God and say Lord help us with this help me release my hand from it So I do not forget from whom my cistern is filled with to begin with. That I do not forget that when it overflows for the good, that I bless others because of the blessing that you've given me. And I will comfort others by which comfort you have comforted me. And I will pray for others the way that your son, Christ Jesus, intercedes for me. And I will do so without expecting anything in return outside of your love. That way I know that I walk in righteousness, not self-righteousness. And that my honor and my dignity will be intact. And others will glorify my Father in heaven because of what they see in me. That is my prayer. Day in and day out. And yeah, I fall short. Sure enough. Sure enough. My flesh gets a hold of me. Absolutely. But then there's new mercy. There's repentance first. And new mercy Our God is a faithful, loving, just God. He warns us again against adultery. He warns us against folly, which we'll be looking at in Proverbs 6. But for now, I pray that this broadcast has blessed you. I pray the Lord's face continue to shine upon you and that he continues to bring you peace. In Jesus' holy name, Amen.